This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Alright guys, episode 90 special edition, special Rangers edition. Uh, if you're tuning in, you haven't listened to the Morning Skate, you know, we kind of go over a ton of NHL type shit, but you're going to get to know that I love the Rangers, so I thought it was only fitting that we have a Rangers post-deadline show, and who better to have on it than Brian Wotanic, Woj, the Woj man, the Wojster of uh, Gotham Sports Network. How's it going, buddy? How are you? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I know, dude. Like, we were following each other on Twitter, like, long, long time ago. Eons ago. Like, you are one of the first, like, big accounts that followed me. I was like, oh, shit. Let's go. Appreciate that with the whole big account thing. That's going to go right to my head for sure. Uh, (laughs) That was a a, a lamp for you. Oh, big time. I'm the man right now. Uh, (laughs) Fitzy was supposed to hop on. I think he had something come up, whatever. I mean, we already already told people we're doing this, so, of course, we got to get you on here. Um... Yeah, Rangers, man. A lot of shit's going on right there. So, again, deadline show. So, let's just start with the first trade that they do. Uh, they ship my boy, my heart and soul, Zuccarello to the Dallas Stars for a, a second round, third round, both conditional picks. Um, I, I'm just going to kind of let you know, the last time Zook had, like, a contract dispute, I, I had to leave my area. I, I left my phone in my house. I drove up to Lake Placid for the weekend. And when I came back, he was signed. And I was like, okay, fucking A rights. This time around, I'm like, I can't do that because 100% he's going to get traded. I'm going to get lost. Like, it's just it's just bad news bears. Uh, what do you have on the Zuccarello deal? Are, are you happy with the returns that we got for Zuccarello? What did Zuccarello mean to you as a, as a Rangers fan? Let's just, uh, the whole thing. So, just spin. I'll start, yeah, I'll start there, obviously. Zook, Zook as a Ranger was... A huge, I mean, he made it so hard to not fall in love with every player that played around him and with him himself yeah. just because he always seemed like that guy. Like, there's always that stereotypical, like, he's a good locker room guy, he's a good locker room guy. You hear that all the time about players. Where Zuccarello, like, literally, if you look that up in the dictionary, a picture of him is right next to her because he was yeah. beloved by all the teammates. You never heard a bad thing about Zuccarello. Even fans, like, I feel like he was unanimously one of the few players that fans just gravitated towards. Like, there's people who hate Lundquist for whatever reason. There's people who hated McDonald. Like, there's all these teams, these players that we've had with, like, really good players, and then Zuccarello was like that one piece who always tended to be left out of the conversation, for good reason. He always gave his hardest, like you always heard, like I, the, the thing that you heard all this past weekend after 
for him being traded was he was the heart and soul of the team. He was the heart and soul of the team. He should have been the captain. He should have been traded. Like, yeah, that's that, that's true. Like, but heart and souls move on. Like Ryan Callahan was the heart and soul of the team at one point, and they yeah. moved on from him. So it's just one of those things where it's in the business aspect of it, you move on from guys like that. He was 32 years old. He's going on 32, I believe. He's a rental. He's in the last year of his contract. He wasn't signing here, I don't think. And I forgot who reported it, but they uh, they said that there was slim to none chance of him coming back now. So with that being the case. What we got from a second and a third, that's that's market value what Zuccarello should have gotten. I mean, if you look back at the beginning of the season, there would have there would have been fans who would have just been happy with a third. Just because of like the 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 way he started the season, that he even admitted that like you know the looming idea of him being traded like dwelled on him, and then you can kind of tell that that zoned off. They put him on the top line with Ben Jan and Kreider, and he just started rolling. So yeah. that's in my opinion, that's the only reason we still got the second round for him. So right there, just break it down to the aspect of that second and third round pick, golden. We got the market value, and then there's the stipulations and the conditions on the pitch where they could potentially, in a long shot, become two first round picks. If one of those becomes a first round pick, it's still a huge win of a yeah. trade. Like. I love the second and the third right now, but if you were to tell me that we can get a first and a third or first and a second for Zuccarello, that's, I mean, that's as good as the guy could have given us and his exit, like for all that he's already given us. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was ecstatic with the return. No, I think so. The only, the only issue I had with the return, and again, like, I, I feel like you can't control the market. The market is what it is. Yes. But, you, but you look at what Zuccarello has done on the Rangers the past three years. I'm pretty sure he's led the team in points every single one of those years. And the fact that, like, he, he's led a team in points that really has never really had that offensive weapon. I, I always thought, like, if you ever traded Zuccarello to a team like Dallas and, like, put him on a line with, with fucking Tyler Sagan or or he went to Philly and played with Drew, or, like, God forbid he went to Pittsburgh and played with Crosby. He's going to put up 100 points. He makes everybody better around him. He just never really got to play with that guy in New York, and I think that's kind of what, what like, fucked us, like, honestly. And, like, everybody, I don't know, Dzingel got more, and, like, I just, it sucks. I hope he comes back. I I, I saw that report fucking ruined me today. Uh, <laughs> But everything everything you said was correct. He heart and soul of the guy. Never heard a bad word about him. I think the fact that he was he was smaller, but just gave it his all every single night. Like he he, I, I used to have a Jack Russell Terrier, and this thing got in a fight with the dog next door one day. And the dog next door was in a queue. This big ass dog, and the and the Jack Russell was just fearless. Went right up to it, didn't give a shit. And that was Zook. Doesn't care how big you are. Remember when he went at Headman? Like he doesn't give yeah. a shit. He he he'll go anybody. And I thought that was anybody. awesome. Even when I went to the I went to the Sabres Rangers game about a week, week or a half to two weeks ago, the one they dummied him like six to two or whatever the score was. But I mean, he would just pick fights with anybody. He didn't care. Yeah. You know, Jeff Skinner's having like a thirty-six goal season. Zook almost was tossing bows them in between the whistles, and I don't know if they showed on TV, but during the TV time, I was like, they were like close to close to going at it. So Zook didn't care who you were, whether you're Chara, Headman, Skinner with 34, 50 goals, whatever the hell he has. Like Zook went for everybody, and again, that's why people loved him. He really was like that that spark plug that you always needed. And 100%. I know people always die on that hill that we would have won the cup this year, the year that he took that horrific injury. Oh, but I mean, that's one of those things where like, you can't go back in time and change it. But I mean, we can always speculate if we had Zook, yeah. what could have been. So, Oh, that's my, that's my yeah. first two. I keep that right in the back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. This was a big one. Uh, Kevin Hayes gets traded to the Winnipeg Jets for uh forward. Brendan Lemieux, first round pick and a conditional fourth round pick. Uh, let's just break it, break it down. Kevin Hayes, this kid, he, uh, he was drafted by the Blackhawks. He said, no, thanks. I'm full. He ended up signing with the New York Rangers. 
And kind of, it blossomed into a pretty, pretty good hockey player, man. Like, I remember his first couple years, I'd watch him, and it kind of didn't really look like he was that engaged. And then, I don't know what happened, I think it was last year, the beginning of last year, he just kind of turned it around. It, it seemed like he had a completely different grasp for the game. He became almost like, a, like a, a, a silent leader, right? Like, when he was on the ice, you know, he had the puck and he commanded the puck. And he developed into a great player. That I, I kept seeing how like uh, TSN and like NHL Network were saying, oh, he's a perfect big body for Winnipeg. Like, I don't think, I, yeah, he has a big frame, but I don't really generally think he uses it the way that they were talking about it. I think they just kind of looked at his like his uh, his height and his weight, and they're like, oh, this guy probably hits. Uh, but he he does a lot of a lot of really good play. I mean, he slows down the play. That's the biggest thing with Kevin Hayes. Like he he makes the game whatever pace it is, and that's how it's always been. So when he got traded to Winnipeg, I mean, do you remember when he was on a line with Haglin? Like, they, they were unbelievable because Hayes, Hayes could kind of tinker with the pace and Haglin would just go full tilt. And, like, I'm thinking, holy shit, he's going to be on, on a line with Ehlers. And who I think it was Perot. And I'm like, holy fuck, man, that, that's a dangerous line. So I think what yeah. Winnipeg got was awesome. What did you have on Kevin Hayes? I mean, this was the question that was, like, beating a dead horse the entire fucking year. And oh, uh, thank sure. God it's over and just pulled the Band-Aid off. Also, yeah. I mean, it kind of felt bad for him because everybody was, like, crying about Zuccarello, and then, then Hayes leaves, and it's like, oh, yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's out. So what, it's, do, what it's do you have on that? It was definitely, like, the worst year to be traded for. No, but I, I liked Hayes a lot. Like you said, he developed – so quietly in front of our eyes like there's there was always that narrative like Hayes is lazy Hayes is lazy and then like all of a sudden the last two years he's been arguably one of the best rangers on the ice Mm -hmm. and I I don't know like what what changed with him obviously that's just maturity and growth over time but I in a weird way I think having some of the players that were like that spots he's filled like being taken away from them then him stepping up helped him immensely because by this point in the season he was looked at as one of the leaders in the locker room because he's been here for so long between him and Zuccarello and like Stahl so there's like there was a weird like leadership change for him in a weird role like you have all these younger guys coming in his boy VC comes in like all this stuff Shea and all these guys and like he's looked at as like you know a guy that again probably was very well liked in the locker room and then you know, was again showed it on the ice as well. Uh, the Hayes return, I was I was fine with. Like, I think that the trade was obviously the first and for the first for Hayes, and we got Brendan Lemieux as kind of like the the here's what's going to make it worth your while. Yeah. And, but then the report came out after that, you know, that the the market drastically changed as the deadline got closer. Is that the Rangers were really pushing for like one of the other top uh, the prospects from the Jets and. It didn't happen. It didn't get it. So, you know, the, the, the return is still fine in what it is. Like, they got the first-round pick, which is exactly what we needed, and Brendan Lemieux, who in his first game, I mean, it's one game, so the sample size is literally that. It's one game. I love the way he yeah. played. Every time yeah. he was on the ice, he was super noticeable. He's a little piss and vinegar. Like, give me the reclamation project. Like, give me the player that David Quinn can try to transform into something. For cost-controlled, by the way, which is why I love this player right now as a stance, and going into this offseason, restricted free agent, even if they do try to shop him, if they don't, they get to keep them and they cost control him so everything's going to be under like you're going to get paid this much and you're going to be playing on the bottom six mm-hmm. work your way up and yeah. by the by the by all standards in the game the other night that's exactly what it looks like he's trying to play for so um yeah the haze the haze return i was completely fine with it was one of those things where knowing that they were obviously pushing for more is like all right like you said you just mentioned earlier too it's like if the market's not there it's not there if the jets aren't willing to budge they're not willing to budge but i feel like the rangers pretty much got exactly what they expected from both of these guys so yeah. I, I, I love the way Brendan Lemieux played. Uh, yeah. I think the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit is I really hope he's going to – he'll be able to figure out when to pick his spots of doing that. And I think 
the fact that you have Coach Quinn behind the bench, who I think he, I think he likes that to an extent, but he's also not a coach that's gonna get like pushed around. Like it's his way or the fucking highway, and yeah. and you kind of notice that with Buchnevich, right? Like, like Filipino. Yeah, like, and that's how it is, and I like that though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a young kid, and I think. That, he kind of has, like, the torts aspect where he's going to be, like, super honest, except for he's not, like, a fucking psycho, which is, like, which is exactly what these kids need. Uh, I mean, it was fun to watch a game where, like, after the whistle there was stuff going on, and there was so much stuff going on that, the, like, the people on the on the, uh, on the the recorder, like, had to pan to it. Like, it kind of reminded you back when, like, Avery was on the team, no matter what happened yeah. between the whistle, like, it would go right to him because, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Uh but he had a little bit of skill too. The kid had wheels. He forechecked like a honey badger. I was I was incredibly impressed by his skating ability and the way that he was like super hard on the puck. I thought him and Anderson and uh Bushnevich looked great. That's an awesome line. Right? Yeah. Um I, I think he's got a lot to prove, but I think he, he knows that. I mean he was a first round pick of Buffalo. He, he gets shipped to Winnipeg and already shipped to his third team already, and he really hasn't really had a stint in the NHL. So I like guys like that. Like give me the reclamation projects again, like a guy that you can mold in your own vision. Well, he's still young enough to try to fit the team that you're building around. And if, again, if he's your third and fourth line guy on your cost control contract for the next three years, mwah, like well done, yeah. Jeff Gordon. Because if this guy can keep playing the way he did the other night, it's only going to look better for the Rangers from here, and especially if they take someone willingly. Again, depending on what they do with that first-round pick now, like as of now going into the draft with one first-round pick, we'll have whatever pick the Rangers get, plus probably something in the mid-20s with Winnipeg making the playoffs. If they can do what they did last year, similar to last year, and trade up for a guy like they wanted, like Keandre Miller with that pick, this trade's just going to look better and better. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, I really like the way Lemieux played, and I hope I hope he can put it together and just be a, a solid, consistent guy. And you're right, there's going to be there's going to be issues with him, you know, penalties and, you know, stepping up when it's not the right time and figuring that out. And that just becomes with learning with David Quinn's system and mm-hmm. obviously – Quinn molding him to like a, a disciplined but like agitating hockey player because I saw somebody compare him to like Avery and like Derek Dorsett which you said like there's skill there like he's not just Tanner Glass yeah. like he's not just going out there for toughness the kid can play hockey so yeah. he's kind of that perfect dynamic of you know why not like take a take a shot on him while you got him so I, I'm yeah I, I couldn't be happier right now as of now with the return we've got for both those trades dude I, I don't expect you to know this answer but I'm gonna ask you anyway do you know what type of stick he used because throughout the entire course of the game he used like this white stick and I was like what the fuck is that and I've been looking it up I, all day I had no idea yeah. it stuck out like a sore thumb I was like what the hell is I mean, I'm assuming because obviously Winnipeg's like you obviously like even you saw with Zook in his first game with Dallas like he he was wearing his blue undershirt and it yeah. stuck out like a sore thumb so I, I don't know if it's because he was just literally physically matching like the uniforms I've, yeah, just, I I've never seen thing. a stick like that it almost yeah. it was so white that it almost looked like he was skating around without a stick in his hand throughout the entire <laughs> course of the game I was like what is going on right now which I'm sure he'd prefer at some point so. <laughs> yeah right alright uh, in the last trade the Rangers made uh, they shipped Adam McQuaid Quater Darth Quater off to Columbus where he was drafted for a fourth round pick sixth round pick and a defenseman I think his name's Julius Bergman uh McQuaid, I mean, it kind of sucked because he was hurt for most of the year, so I feel like we didn't get the memories like Boston Bruins fans really got. But, I mean, yeah. I, I, there's that one memory of him just, just saying, hey, hey, Kadri, I'm going to make you look like a little girl right now, and I'm going to toss <laughs> you everywhere. Uh, what did you have on McQuaid? I mean, he and he kind of had some Dan Girardi in him, too. He'd block a shot with his face, get right back up. I respected that. What did you have on McQuaid? I agree. I, McQuaid's a guy I would have loved to see more of. I mean, obviously, he starts the season with the injury. Or no, it was him. No, Bleski was injured, too, right? Like, yeah, Bleski, yeah. Yeah, short on the stick. So it's a guy I would like to see more of. I think that he would have been a perfect guy when the team was competitive, and we would have all fallen in love with him. Oh on yeah. The back end. 
So it, it stinks that, like you said, we didn't get the time with him and the memories. Uh, the return, it, it's just, I mean, I think it's funny where he went in terms of Columbus because uh, they just loaded up. So <laughs> it, 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 it seemed like just Jeff Gordon being like, we know we can trade this guy. And that's pretty much what they paid to get him essentially with the, the trade. So yeah. it was like, it felt just to me like just a, we're washing our hands of this. Columbus gets a good player. We're pretty much getting assets right back of what we lost prior. Yeah. And like, we'll both just move on and be happier for it. So. It was like a free 60 games of Adam McQuaid instead of like, yes. <laughs> which was nice. I mean, he made Brady Shea, I think look way better this year. And that was kind of funny. So my co-host, Hal, huge Bruins guy. And that was the number one thing he talked about McQuaid is like Tory Krug. When he first got in the league and stuff, he was struggling. They put Krug and McQuaid and now, now you see how Tory Krug, you know, was playing. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe McQuaid has like whispers of just like being able to get these young defensemen to whip into shape. But uh, so now we're gonna kind of get into something. We could we can talk about last night's game if you want. Uh, Rangers lo- lose to Tampa, but this is like the second game in a row that they played an awesome team. I mean, they played Washington Capitals really hard. They lost in overtime. They played Tampa really hard. Lost in overtime. This team really doesn't have any quit, which is the exact opposite of what we saw last year. So it's actually something to like really like. I don't know, look forward to. Like, I, I remember watching the games last year, and, and like they would quit on the game, and then I'd quit on them. I'd, I'd turn off the TV yep. like halfway through the second and be like, there's no point. They're not going to battle back. At least this year, like I'm still glued to the TV. Those last two games we may have lost, but those were some of the more fun Rangers games that we've seen in a really long time. Yeah, it's exactly what I want to see for the rest of the season from this team. Like, I want to see losses just like the Tampa one. I'd prefer most of them to be in regulation, obviously. Yeah. But I prefer, like, the effort level that is there. Like, they're scoring goals. That They look competitive. They're not just backing down the teams. Like, Tampa could have easily, especially with the way that game started, Tampa could have easily just shit-pumped them oh, up yeah. like, six or seven goals. That game could have got out of control so fast. They slowed their game down. They played, they played up to players who, frankly, are just significantly more talented than them. Mm-hmm. And they looked good in doing so. I mean, in like you mentioned the line, like Babooch, Leas, and the Lemieux line, very noticeable. Then you have um, VC, who I think has been playing out of his skull yeah. lately. Um, and then Zabinijan and Kreider still. So like, all the guys that you really kind of just want to see continue to play well are playing well. And that, so and that I, quiet line of Strom, uh, Foss, and Nemesnikov is actually like a killer third line. How good has Strom been? Unbelievable, on the- man. Holy shit. We, that was a I steal can't believe of a he's trade. not like loved yet. Like absolutely adored because he's I didn't say quietly, but because people are starting to catch on now, but like he's just so consistently solid. Like, doesn't, doesn't make mistakes ever. Games. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's hockey smart. He's confident. He's he controls the game. He very similar to how you said with Hayes, where like he just you can when he's on the ice, the game slows down for the Rangers. Like yeah. everything that seems like more intact and more organized. Like and he's not getting like love. I mean, I know he's not like lighting up the score sheet, but like give me another four Ryan Stroms and put those on the bottom six oh, and like let's let's yeah. build up the top six. Like I I quietly just have adored his game and I hope he sticks around for a while. Like and I again another guy who has a lot to prove with getting from team to team so again keep giving me these kids who have something to play for and all yeah. we'll, we'll keep competing with teams like tampa that that will will be golden in two years and, and he's got a little bite to him too right like when he beat the he when he beat the wheels off in this game that was a top three moment for me this year i was I, like <laughs> just tur- sweater over the head and strum stand there i'm like where did this come from i thought this is supposed to be a skilled guy nope he like really brought into a role i you know, I love Quinn, man. I love the what, what Quinn's doing with these guys. Again, like the no, I don't have time for no effort thing. I love that shit. But people are starting to buy into a system, and they know, like, if they quit, they're not going to play. And yep. that's awesome. Yep. Um, 
I didn't put this on here, but here's a couple other things. Well, actually, I put these two on here. So, Buchnevich got in a fight after the Lemieux thing. What, what do you think about Buchnevich this year? I think he's had like kind of like a like a weird year, right? Like not exactly what you were expecting for him, but as of late, he's been playing very well. Yeah, Buch is so interesting, man. Like it, it's it's one or the other with this guy. He's an enigma. I, yeah, it's it's and I and, I, and this isn't just me again speaking out loud and I'm not blaming specific people, but like I'll blame, actually I'll blame Rangers Twitter's whole. Like I'm gonna blame Rangers <laughs> Twitter's whole for this because Boots was one of those like first prospects in a long time where we knew he was coming up and that was our guy. Yeah, there was so yep. long where like they were trading all their picks, their top picks. They weren't getting top guys because they're buying the players who are ready to play now. But we and have this sick Russian who's putting up points in the cage. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna come over. He's gonna be the savior. And like yeah. they put a lot of pressure on him. And I'm not saying that's getting to him, but like. That puts the wrong perspective into fans' head of like, all right, why isn't this guy potting thirty-five goals? Or yeah. Why doesn't he have forty goals? Why isn't he lighting up the score sheet every night? And it, it wears on it wears on Twitter. And like, and when he plays bad like this, and like when he gets benched, it's an overreaction. It looks worse than it is. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned just Quinn now is like, I really like the way he's handled all the players. And I know there's probably been some mistakes, and there's probably been some players who are playing over players who shouldn't. But in the grand scheme of things, I think he knows what he's doing to try to get the best out of some of these players. Mm-hmm. Again, look at Jimmy VC. Uh, Filipino, I guarantee when he comes off this benching, is going to play with a fire under his head. I don't know what. I don't even know if we'll see him again for the rest of the season. The way Quinn made it sound. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Banished. Um, yeah, but Booch is so weird to me. I, I, I want the guy to put it together so bad. I think he can, but I just he it, it's getting getting to the point where like now it's his contract. Like now we have to decide like what is he worth? What's he worth to the Rangers organization? And I, I made the joke a couple times where I was like, I'm like, people are gonna look really foolish when like they've been doing the VC and Booch comparisons and Pavel signs that Jimmy VC scratch in the contract. Like yeah. he's not gonna sign long term. He's gonna sign that short term. Yeah. Again, prove to us why you should be here. Yeah. And I think David Quinn's made that very evident. And I think that goes right up to the front office of like, all right, the coach doesn't see it in you. The coach that we decided is gonna be the best for a rebuild doesn't see it in you because mm-hmm. he's not playing you. So why should we give you the big contract when like the the, the guy who's like molding this franchise right now doesn't see it? So he's gonna sign that Jimmy Vesey scratch and he's gonna have to prove himself once again and then I think I think I know with the way the year is gonna end obviously and we're pretty much all just hoping that we just keep falling in yeah. draft stock is that I think next year is gonna be huge for Pavel Buchnevich and his like quote unquote legacy for the Rangers so yeah. I, it's, it's such an interesting like I don't know if it's a mental thing physical thing like obviously being a Russian kid and coming over to New York is probably super overwhelming so there's probably a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. but shit man I, I just I can't get a read on this guy, and I don't really think anybody can at this point. Yeah, so. it's weird. I'm just I'm waiting for him to go one way or the other, right? Like yeah. I'm waiting for him to either just become like some sort of like stud or just like leave me alone. Like pick one way or the <laughs> other. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but and we're, again, we're talking about Quinn and being able to kind of like pl- not play mind games, but like really get the best out of their guys. Tony D'Angelo has finally put on the first power play unit last game. I think he's yep. on an eight game point streak. I mean, this kid. There's been so how many times has he been benched this year? And now look at the way this kid's playing. What do what do you have yeah. on Tony D? I love Tony D. If they end up signing him long term, he's probably my next jersey. I love how he's just like that like dirty jersey like rat, but that's who he is, and he doesn't act like he's not like that. Like I don't know if you saw that one uh, interview you did with like the like the skin tight V neck sweater with the giant gold chain. I'm like that's Tony D right there, hundred uh, percent. What do you have on this kid? Again, like another player who I just think who has benefited from David Quinn and his tough love and, you know, seeing some of the guys that played over him and seeing these pairings and he just seems like a guy who just turned it on. And I, I would, I, I think it's unfair if you're going to like give shit to David Quinn for benching players and them not responding, you have to give him credit for doing the same. Like you, something clicked with Tony D'Angelo and it was probably David Quinn's 
like verbally abusing him probably, yeah, probably. About his play. So enough enough trips to the press box during during game nights will do that to you, I hope. So that's the kind of attitude you want from a player though. Like you want a guy who responds well to criticism and doesn't go down on him, which I think is something that happens with Booch is people like, well he's a kid and he's gotta you know that you gotta play him because you know what's the point? It's like no, because you're you're sending the wrong message out. It's like all right, you're playing bad. Like I get you have to play through mistakes, but you also have to learn that mistakes aren't okay every single night. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what happened with Booch and D'Angelo to compare the two, which I think Booch is still get just gets down on himself and like he doesn't seem to have bounce back games. Whereas D'Angelo has looked been the best Rangers defenseman the last month and a half. Like yeah. and it's not even close. Like he's been probably the best Rangers defenseman all year now, like if you if you put it together, so uh, the kids clearly got skill. He's got talent. He's he's full of piss and vinegar. And there's still that clip of him against with the Bruins where he we skated across the bench. It was just sharpened yeah. the whole way down. Yeah. It's like again, you don't want to be the scumbag team, but you also don't want to be the team who's going to back down and let other teams walk over you. Yeah. And D'Angelo Lemieux and uh, other guys like this, and even like again when we had Zook, like Zook was another guy who was a perfect example of that. We're like, I don't care what player or what team you are. We aren't going to verbally or mentally let you beat us down. Yes. We'll, at least, we'll at least go down swinging. So, I mean, again, people don't like those guys for whatever reason. But if you want to talk on ice performance, man, like those two, I think think could be good. And I hope they I hope they lock D'Angelo down because as of now, all the people who are poo pooing on the uh, Derek Stepan trade kind, oh, of, kind of got a little bit quiet. Yeah. Dude, it's the best. And what was it like a month and a half ago that Tony D was was scratched for like his fourth time, and people are like, "Well, clearly the Rangers don't envision him in any sort of part of their future." And now eight game goal scoring streak, kids a stud. Yeah. He's literally doing what Shankirk was brought in to do, but just forgot how to. It's like, keep going. People are, people are so quick to like shit on that trade. It's like, all right, if you look, Derek Stepan's sitting at thirteen goals in sixty three games right now, mm-hmm. and then 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 the excuse comes to. Well, he plays for uh, Arizona. Doesn't matter. That's yeah, dude. Say. Look at the fucking Rangers this year, man. That's not yeah. that much better. <laughs> like, you yeah, know you what I mean? You can't say the trade sucks and then be like, well, he plays for Arizona. Well, no. Is he a good player or is he not? Is he somebody we should have kept or not? Because right now, he absolutely looks like so, Again, like very similar to Derek Broussard, a guy that they cut off at the right time. Perfect time. Kind of like yep. Bill, Bill Belichick-esque. Like, you know yes. how he does that? How he gets rid of him the year before and then it's, it's genius. He knows when you're going to peak. Yep. Which is something that, you know, the Rangers, it's pretty good stuff. Um, here's one. This is the one that I didn't write down. So I think it, it was either before or after or during the game it came out. There was an article in the Post where Larry Brooks kind of reported on the McDonough deal and how the reason why JT Miller was traded was because the Rangers really wanted Libor Hayek. And uh, kind of, I don't know, showing what Hayek has done in the AHL this year, how he really hasn't done much. It was Larry Brooks pretty much said, like, this kid needs to start doing stuff right now or it's going to be the trade that the Rangers lose. And I woke up this morning, and that was the, all the buzz on, on Rangers Twitter, like, oh, this Hayek kid, like, he's played like shades in the AHL. Fast forward about 10 minutes later, he gets called up to the big team. Uh, we're going to see him play next game with Neil Pionk. I don't know how I feel about that. But what do you have on this Libor, Libor Hayek guy, like, I, I just the timing of, of calling him up is kind of weird to me, right? Yes, um, it seems like a let's see what you got kind of deal to me. Which again, like you just said, is tough to do when you're going to pair him with Neil Pionk, so who's an absolute liability on the ice every time he's there. Um, but I don't know. This is again, this is a kid where I don't watch enough of the Hartford Wolfpack, and this is one of those things where like you have. Can to I tell take you something? Over. Thank yeah. you, for, thank you for saying that. The fact that you admit the fact that you don't watch a lot of this stuff, I think a lot of Rangers Twitter needs to start fucking doing that because it's driving yeah, me insane. Just be yourself. Like, be humble. It is it. driving me insane. The, the, the people that think that they know that some kid should go in the third round because they saw a couple clips of him playing in the Swedish Elite League pisses yeah. me off like no other. I hate people who claim that, oh, the, 
I know exactly what this prospect's going to do. Oh, really, dude? You watched 82 games of him playing in the WHL last year? Fucking doubt it. But, okay, keep going. I appreciate it. No, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it's like, it, 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 Fifth kind of made that point today, and it was something somewhere along the lines of, like, it's tough to just take somebody's opinion and then make that your opinion because that almost feels disingenuous. But yes, there's people you should trust because there's people who do like crush the tape. They yeah. cry, like, someone just let's just talk about like just for Lemieux really quick. Like people were like automatically out on Lemieux because the consensus was that Lemieux wasn't a good player already and that the Rangers got quote unquote fleeced. Well, it's like all right, then you watch him after game one. It's like all right, well like again maybe his underlying stats and everything wasn't there and then his numbers you can break it all down with chat uh, charts stats graphs which are great. It's a big part of hockey and it should be there. But you also have to just watch how he plays in his first game in a new system, a new coach, and how he's going to develop under a new, completely new regime. It's just like, again, classic chase and scenery. So, yes, he could still be a bust, and the people who did the numbers and crush everything are going to be right and perfect, and everything goes on with the world. But there's also another world where this kid just can confine himself in this New York, in New York, and it, and it could be a fit. So, similar to Hayek is like, again, I know people, the same thing. It's like people looked at his AHL numbers, and they're just like, well, he's not good. We, we lost that we lost that part of the trade. It's like, no, and, like, and, to, and to be honest, they really aren't great. Like if you look at him, zero goals, five assists. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a dash dash twenty six in fifty eight yeah. games. So the, the the numbers aren't great. But yeah, keep going. I mean, he's also playing on a dog shit AHL team. Yes, all, also that. So <laughs> also that. <laughs> also that, which is like the team stinks down there for now. And yeah, I don't know. Without without, yeah, without having like enough knowledge of him, it's tough to say. I'm excited. Like I love when players like this get the chance to get called up. Like I remember. Like again, this is this is where it's different for us now. Is like when is the last time we've had this group of prospects, this pool of prospects that we can pick from and nitpick? Whereas like we were ecstatic like two three years ago when uh, Bunyevich got his first. Call. I mean, like, you, I mean, you nailed that really. Like if you actually think about it, when's the last time like Rangers crop of prospects started to come up and play? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're just not accustomed to this shit. That's probably exactly what it is. But. Oh no, we're absolutely not accustomed. <laughs> Go back to Bunyevich, and again, like Brady Shea. Brady Shea was like another last big one where it was like. It felt like we had something there because they were like, all right, that's McDonough's protege. Like, that's the next McDonough. And we nailed that over. pick, by the way. If you ever go back to that draft, like, we did very, very well picking Brady Shea. The, 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 the draft pick that still kills me, not to go off board, is just looking at the Dylan Mikhlerath, the draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. That draft murders me every time I look at it. And again, it's one of the, like, I, I always complain about this, but I think it's one of the laziest pieces of, like, writing and literature to go back and be like, well, if you were to go back and redraft, who would you pick? Because, like, no shit you're going to look at the stats now and pick the better player. Yeah, you're going to pick Cam Fowler ten times out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish I would have picked Drysaddle earlier. Like, stuff like that. But, like, that draft murders me. But, yeah, the Brady Shea, the Brady Shea pick again. It's just one of those things where, like, we, we overvalue early because we want so badly to be what they're, we're trying to value them at. And it's, I think every fan base does that. I'm not just, it's not just Rangers Twitter. I think Hockey Twitter in general does this a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch Hayek. I, I think uh, I it's a, it's a show me because I think he's a kid who should, in theory, contend for a blue line spot next year. So it's it's one of those things where, like, get your good timing in now with David Quinn with no expectations left for the rest of the season. Just play a solid game. You don't have to be an all-star learn from some of the guys who are on the roster now while we still have them. And then let's, let's put that into next season and just keep it, keep momentum going. Cause that's all it's really about for the rest of the year is let these kids play out and let's just keep momentum pushing to next season. And yeah, I trust Gordon. Like if you look at what he did with the Bruins, they drafted Bergeron, they drafted Marshan. He was the guy who went out and signed Zidane Chara. Like he made all those moves. So this guy, he has like the pedigree of actually getting this shit done before. It wasn't like Bergeron and Marshan were like these huge names. So he has hit diamond in the rough type players before. And I mean, JT Miller isn't some soft name. Like a lot, he commanded a lot at the deadline. If that's the guy that they wanted, 
in the back yeah. of my mind, if these guys are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to scout for the New York Rangers and make sure they get the right guy, I think I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt at least to begin with. That's that's another thing with me too, is especially with the, even just the draft last year, and this is why I initially wanted Wallstrom. Like obviously, I think oh, yeah. a lot of people. Oh hundred percent, everybody did. When he was so on the took, board, we're like, holy fuck, we're getting this American like, kid. It's awesome. Free. Yeah. <laughs> and then they take Kraft off, and like I initially was crushed. I'm like, they, they, they did it again. And then you just <laughs> you, you step back from fandom, and you look in like from a hockey sense and just a person sense, where it's like, all right, if you love this team and this organization, you trust them. Like if you hear the way they talked about Kraft, like they're like, no matter what, we are taking him. Like that was the guy we scouted. That was the guy we picked. That was the guy. That we like the draft was center around. That was bananas, right? The fact that they said that. I mean, and that that was including Zadina, who everybody was horny for. Like everybody thought Zadina was going to be a fifty goal scorer, and they're like, no, we still would have picked this Russian kid. Could you imagine? Holy fuck! The reaction if Zadina was slipped, and they would have still picked Krasov. Which again, in retrospect, I would have been fine with because a couple days after, yeah, yes, you would have been like one of those things where it's like it would have taken a while to digest. But when you're so confident about a player who's like, this is our guy, and this is who exactly targeted and wanted. And we got him. It's just like, all right, just, just take a step, take a step back, wait for him to come home from the KHL now, and let's. And by all theory, again, he had a very good year in the KHL, despite what some idiots at Yahoo Sports think. But um, yeah, that was crazy. How how do yeah. you possibly say that he? I mean, that's he was trolling. Just, like, I don't I think he watched KHL games. Like, that and like all uh, one simple Twitter search of Kratsov would have came up with a ton of different stats about like his point per game and like how many like. Points his team. Like, that's all he had to do was literally, <laughs> like, search Twitter for Krasov and all this shit would have popped up to him. I'm, I'm confident that that guy was, like, trolling. Like, he didn't actually mean any of that. He's a Devils fan, so I I think pretty sure he's a Devils fan. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, to go back to your point, it's like, you don't have to pretend that you watch the KHL because there's people out there who do. So go ask their opinion. They'll tell you Krasov's been very good. You don't, it's like, that's just the guy who to me who's like, I don't watch the KHL. Uh, he, he's not popping my timeline every single day because I'm not a Rangers fan. So I don't know anything about him. I mean, you're just right. Like, shit piece like yeah. he, he didn't make awful points because he had points about like you know Heedle's kind of been inconsistent back and forth like he had a really good stretch then he slowed down now he's benched and Anderson getting bounced around in the two seasons so far so he had points there but like a player that you know nothing about clearly who's by all retrospect is now like regrading that draft is like when people are calling like might be the best player on the draft as of now I mean <laughs> yeah, this, do like one Google search. This might be a really dumb question, but I'm asking it because I don't think that we've ever really had it. Like, you know how the Islanders had Barzell, and like he yeah. he he got in the league and immediately became a stud. Like, when at what point do you know like this kid's gonna fucking be like an absolute franchise player? Do we not know that yet because we haven't had it? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, like, is I, like everybody talks about Hedl and how Hedl's supposed to be a great player? Like, has has it should have happened by now? Like, are we sh- are we supposed like at this point should we be thinking okay like he's going to be a top six guy or like is there still that chance that he's going to be like some like absolute superstar? And when do we know? Like, because I don't have a fucking clue. I I do think it's one of those things where like y- you just know and like with Barzell like you just kind of knew when he first stepped onto the ice. So I think it's one of those things where you still have to wait till they get to the big club. But I think like the the way that. Kraftstoff is coming about things and the player comparisons he's been to. And again, this is going to probably go back as one of those things was like, we, we overvalued him already or it's one of those things where like, I, I I'd rather have that be what we're doing than not have these players at all. Like I'd really sure. rather overvalue players and be like, this is what we could have as opposed to like, Hey, we're just going to have a bunch of bottom six players. So with retrospect, I think Kraftstoff is the, that first player for me, whereas like, 
Anderson, we knew we kind of like I we, I think everybody was kind of like in the consensus that like yes, he's a player that you want, but he's not the guy. Heedle they took probably a year early because obviously it would have been the draft the following year. He probably would have been a top five six pick, so they took him in yep. the twenty first pick, and they 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 seem to have gotten a steal out of it. So, but again, it's just like is he going to be the guy? Whereas like Krasov now is how he's picked, and how confident they are with him, and again, dude, the he's so cocky with the puck too. Like I yes. love that shit. Like he like he don't make good I, plays. I, I, he can fly and shit. But like this Krasov kid. Is yeah. so cocky, and I think that's such like a big part of like being an absolute like stud. It's like you kind of have to have that swagger where you think that you're better than everybody else, and I think that he like has that. Which is why like some of these NHL players are just so dull, is because all they know is hockey, and that's all like that's all they care about. And so obviously it's off like they're cocky. It's just like oh, they're just confident as sin, which again, which also can turn into like a little bit of cockiness. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I guess my last point on the Leas Anderson thing, like I, I haven't given up on him. I still, he's going to be no, an NHL or hundred percent, but yeah. like when it comes to, they said that he was like the safest NHL ready pick. I, I, I don't know about you. Like my biggest concern with him is foot speed. Like if you watch him skate, like his strides a little bit different than everybody else. And it kind of takes him a little bit longer to get up to speed. I just don't understand how like scouts miss that. Because like just watching that on TV, you can tell that he's like a step and a half behind people. And, like, even, yes. like, when he played in the World Junior, like, his stride was, like, way different than everybody else's. So, that was just – I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, there's – and it's very similar to, like, I think just, like, actually watching the game is he, he slows the game down, but it's one of those things where, like, he, he does look like he's a step behind. Right. But like, I think, I think that's where he's lost, like – and his momentum he's carried in from being like a top seven pick is that I just think he sometimes loses the game trying to slow it down too much. Like he's overthinking things and the game's passing by him. Because I mean, the NHL is the dumbest so thing fast, I ever dude. might say about the NHL, yeah. but the NHL is just so quick. Like yeah. you have to be smart on your feet and your brain. And like, he just seems to be struggling between picking between the two and I mean, foot speed. You can, you can teach, He's got the mental part of it, so it's just like putting it all together, and he'll be kind of the player they hope they pick, which is like that physical. Again, I if if you watch Leah Anderson and watch this highlight and this the World Junior stuff, and you don't see a little bit of Ryan Callahan in him, yeah. then I don't know what to tell you. Like he's not going to be the most skilled player on the ice, but holy hell, will he give you everything he's got as long as he's got the chance? He was the so, first one in the pile when Lemieux was getting jumped by three guys. I thought yeah, that was fucking like, cool. He, he don't give a shit. Like he'll he'll do it for his team. Like he'll put the team on his back at least in terms of. Uh, I don't care what happens to me. I'm going to stand up for you guys, and I hope you'll do the same. So, Okay. All right. So that's that's the current Rangers. So now there's a couple other things we want to get into. Uh, for this year, summertime, free agencies come upon us. Uh, what, what do you think we're going to do? Like, Do you think the Rangers <sighs> have the ability to get Panarin? Also, the whole state tax thing is a bunch of bullshit, and that yeah. should be fucking solved quick. Because, that I mean, that's not fucking fair. Like how is how is there not a rule about that? It's a joke. The NHL doesn't know what they're doing. It's just really dull. Like all these players are just gonna go play in Florida. I would. Yeah. Why would you not take the bag and go play in Florida? Oh, I get to go play for Tampa Bay and try to win a cup with fucking Victor Hedman, Ryan, like all these guys. Oh yeah, for sure, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll do that. No, yeah. no problem. I'll get some clear my schedule up. Uh, do you think Panarin goes to the Rangers? No, I made actually a. Ooh. I made a bet with my Twitch stream the other night. Is I am so confident that the Rangers aren't getting Panarin that if they do get Panarin, I'll get a loaf of bread with the number 91 tattooed onto my ass. Okay. All and right. how confident I am that they're not signing Artemi Panarin. And it's just because I think when you look at where the team is, it's like you have to value of like how good he is right now. 
versus how good he's still going to be when they're ready to compete, which then you have to value when are we going to be actually ready to compete again. And the way the Rangers front office is, is what makes me nervous, is they seem to teeter that line of like, they just want to get this done now, when they in reality they should slow this rebuild down. And like, I know Panarin's so, like, he's very good. He's such a special and unique player. But you have to wonder if locking, like, would you rather spend all that money on Panarin now or start to wait to see how some of these kids are that are coming up. Because by putting the money into Panarin, what you're telling me is, again, this is – I'll be happy this on Panarin because that would tell me that the front office believes that the kids they draft and the kids they're going to draft in this upcoming draft are good. And they, yeah. they think they're going to be NHL ready. And this is like in two years we're going to have a bunch of rookies or young kids. And we're still going to – I mean they're still going to bring players in. I still have it. I, I still very much think that Kevin Hayes is coming back to the Rangers. So I think that changes things as well. And it's they're gonna be like, all right, we're we're, we're gonna be ready to compete two years, and we're gonna give Hank one to two last runs. Storkin comes over, and then it's gonna be a handing of the torch, and we're still gonna be ready to compete. We don't skip a beat. So, and I'm torn as of now. I'm still firmly on the camp that they're not gonna do it. I think it also depends on where we draft, right? Like if we some if well, we yes. all, if we somehow get that first or second pick. I mean, if you, if you looked at Toronto, like it was all the five year plan, right? Like you draft Austin Matthews, and then you had like Marner those, and they're like, we're gonna do this for five years. And if that's the case, let's say let's say shits and gigs, we get either Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. I think yeah. I think it'd be dumb not to try to sign Panera. Yes, I agree. Right, I hundred percent agree there. But knowing the Rangers, they're we're gonna not gonna. Them. We're gonna fucking draft. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I'm so shocked that the Ottawa draft pick going to Colorado wasn't us because that's such like a my life thing. Like, oh, we're supposed <laughs> to have the first overall pick. Never mind, it's Colorado's. Stupidest. Could you imagine being an Ottawa? Not Colorado for the Senators. The Senators are so stupid. Can you imagine being an Ottawa Senators fan? How awful that must be. But at the same time, like they have such better parts than we do. Like they have Kachuk, Brandstrom, uh, Shabbat. Like wild. Um, we're gonna take two Twitter questions, and then we're gonna close with a little thing that I saw that you did that I thought was hilarious. So the first question, Bro- Brooklyn sports guy wants to know, what's the likelihood Chris Kreider gets traded this summer? Also, what's a realistic return? And he also wanted me to let you know that he said hello to you guys. <laughs> um, that's tough because I didn't think it was something that we'd see in terms of Kreider. Now, that's my dude. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. But I went to the point this year where like, I wanted to know every single offer that was coming across the table. Oh, yeah. And now knowing what the market value was just for Hayes, knowing that they couldn't even pull the top prospect in the Hayes deal, which I'm very glad. I'm sure the offers weren't as good as they expected. Now going into the draft, I feel like that changes things because newer teams will have an idea of where they are, mm-hmm. if Crowder fits into their system. And just with how much the TSN guys talked about it on the, the draft day, the dra- the deadline day. All the time. Um, it leads me to believe that there was very serious conversations. Again, there probably was offers on the table, but it wasn't something where Gorton's balls were blown off, which is what, if it's a Kreider trade, right now for me it has to be like something where like we we physically get the best player back in the trade, which is going to be tough because Kreider's that good. Yeah. So, but I do still think it's very likely that he will continue to be shopped throughout the summer, but it has to be something where I think Gorton knows this. It has to be something that's going to be like automatically fans are going to be like, yes. And analysts are going to be like, yes, this, this is a team. Whoever's going to be a team that trades from is a team that they know is like, this could be the very last piece. And assuming it's good, just looking at the way the NHL is, it's assuming it's going to be a team out East yeah. or sorry, out West mm-hmm. and a team that's going to get faster, physical, and they know he can still score goals. And so I do think he is going to still be shopped 
whether or not he's going to be traded is just whether or not the team gets so desperate that they bite and they, they send the farm over. So, so here, here's my thing. I think the Rangers need to make a decision whether or not they think Chris Kreider is going to be a New York Ranger for a very, very long time. Oh, and yes. if you have any sort of, like, thought that he's not going to be, that he that you don't want him as a part of your core, that you don't think that he's going to be a player that's going to help get you to where you need to be, they need to trade him this summer. With one 100%. year left on his contract, I mean, his trade value will literally never be high. Actually, I kind of thought that coming into this uh, trade deadline. I thought maybe this would be the time to deal him because somebody gets a playoff run with him and all this stuff. It's just that I think the fact that they didn't trade Kreider kind of means to me that they really want this guy around for a while. Because it, otherwise, like, what the fuck would the point have been? I think that, and then there's also the, the, the theory, or I don't say theory, but, like, there's also the, the conversation to be made is, like, this team, I'm not one to believe that a captain like changes anything on the team. I think it's just a player who is going to be one to step up in times of need. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something to be said for Kreider becoming the captain just because of how like welcoming he is. And again, a guy who's been with the organization now for a while. Uh, I think that that's the decision you have to make. Like you said, they have to decide. If he's gonna be, one, if he's going to be the long-term plan. Two, we're going to toss the C on his jersey and make this guy the guy right now. And like, you know, keep the A on Zabinijad and do all that nonsense as well. So. Yeah, it is an interesting case, but I do I do would be stunned if the Rangers still aren't taking calls on calls on him going into the uh, have draft. To, have to. That was a good question. Um, last question, NYR talk. Who do you see as a core of the New York Rangers when they start to compete again? Oof. This is a good question. Yeah. Um, um I mean, it, it the team's gonna look so different. I was just watching the the clips of the Rangers and the Canadians that like last minute when we went to the Stanley Cup final and like seeing all the guys out there. And it's going to be nothing like that, man. Like, Hank very well may not be our goalie. Probably isn't going to be our goalie. It's probably going to be Prince Igor, as I like to call him. Uh, Keandre Miller. I mean, it's going to be a lot of the guys that you just saw get got, uh, get drafted. And then depending on what happens in this draft, who we sign in the offseason, stuff like that. Like, we still have a ton of players on our team that, like, I feel like we kind of got to get rid of. Like, Marstall's got to go. Kevin Shankirk's not going to be on the team. Uh, like we have to redo our entire defense, pretty much. Yeah, and I just—it's it, way easier said than done. I think that it's a great point. Is like we're still too early to tell like what this team is gonna look like. Yeah, like it, it's it's so weird to say that, but like we still are way too early to know what this core is gonna look like because this team's still gonna change a ton. Now, not to say that's gonna be like a. Uh, Zabinijad's going to get traded or anything along those lines, but like it's still tough to know what this team is going to be right now. And it, but obviously, you can put it down to the guys you just said. Like, there's obviously big plans for Igor, and I agree with you. I just call him that because I don't know how to process. That not way. a clue, and I don't even um, want to attempt to butcher and just have people no. be like, "Oh, you don't even know the Rangers." Not even <laughs> doing that. He's Igor. That's it. Just Igor, Prince Igor. Just keep it simple. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, you guys, you guys like Miller and Krastoff and all the guys that came over the last two drafts with Hedo and Anderson. I, and I think, again, this draft is, this year is still very, very important because this is like, this will be, I think, a very telling draft of like how ready they think they are to compete. Because obviously, with Miller going over to, um, back to college, with Krastoff going back to Russia, with Nils Lundqvist going back to Sweden, like they know they still want time for these guys to develop. And yeah. I think. To this draft, if they do something similar, if they think they're not drafting NHL ready guys now, is one they determine what happens with Panarin, and two what happens for the next year or two. Well, they were like, we're gonna have another year similar to this year, where it's just gonna be a lot of young kids, a lot of try and see. They're gonna bring in some shitty, crappy veterans just to eat up contract spaces. 
get them playing time and then ship them out for cheap to low round draft picks again one year, have one more draft, and then start to look forward to 2021. And then uh, it, it's weird, but I think that's the route this draft will tell. So it's tough to say what the core is going to look like until I see what this draft looks like. I, I When do you think, like, the soon – I would say three years at the absolute soonest we make the playoffs. And the only reason I yeah. say that is it depends on what happens with Kratzov, with with Heedle. But we got we got two first round picks this year, right? And then apparently next year's supposed to be like that draft that like Preezy and like and Dustin Brown and Getzlav and Pear, like all those big names. I guess next year's draft's supposed to be sick. So like let's say next year Kratzov comes over, he plays all right. We we add a couple other pieces of Banjad still wheeling. The year after that we pick that I mean, let's say we don't do good next year and, and we get like another top five pick and we draft some stud that can play immediately. You're gonna have Heedle with one Two with two years of experience, Kratzov with one year of experience. That's kind of when you start adding some free agents in there. So it's like three years at the earliest, but like I'm I'm kind of now I'm talking myself out of it. I'm thinking probably like five. Yeah, I, I think I I do think 2021 would be the year. Was like if we're not at least competitive as shit, like borderline bubble team, if not a, the third team in the metro, then the, the rebuild is taking a little more time than I expected. But I think with still the core pieces they they have right now. And depending on how they move forward with them and depending on how the kids are that they've drafted, again, if they think they're that good, they can be ready to compete for a playoff spot by 2021. That, that would be, like, the earliest I would hope for. And if it's still, like, if we're still borderline picking in the 8th to ninth, the 10th spot in the year 2021, something has gone horribly wrong for the Rangers. It's just so hard, man, because I don't – we've never, like, really drafted some franchise-type forwards. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, there's never been, like, some guy – we've never gone to Drew. We've never gone to Jamie Benn. Tyler Sagan, like, we've never, literally have never gotten that. So, like, yeah. I can't wait until the first time we do get that because that kid is going to be a god in New York. Oh, yeah. That's that's where, like, I one of those things was, like, where if Panarin does come over, I think that would kind of be his his thinking is, like, he, he should look back and be like, all right, look at the players the Rangers have had. I could be, like, the best thing they've had since friggin' Yager, yeah. which is nuts to think about. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, the Rangers have good players like uh, Nash, Gabrick, all these guys – but, like, we got them later in their career, and it wasn't, like, our guy from being – so Panera would be very similar, but I just think the skill set between Nash and Gabbert versus Panera and where we're getting – where we would get him now would yeah. be vastly different. So, again, I, I think a lot of people are putting their chips into the Kraftstoff basket, and I hope to God he plays out. <laughs> no, He's our guy. So I just did it again, but obviously it's nuts. We'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, last thing, let's just talk about that Islanders video because I saw that you had – yourself quite a day on your twitch stream well, that's incredible stuff the, I, the girl is coming on the podcast on sunday i'm gonna bring her on the really? podcast for 10 minutes i want to i'm gonna kind of talk to her as if like you know share your feelings like i'm here yeah. for you and i'm gonna i'm gonna see what's going on there because talk about somebody who has been just crushed and i think we got to get to the bottom of that but what do you have in this video like just everything with the Islanders right now makes it so much better as a Rangers fan. Like we lost Zook, we lost Hayes, we're losing games. We're not going to make the playoffs anytime soon, but we have Islanders fans making these types of videos, and it's unbelievable. Yes, uh, to me it was just it was like it was perfect timing. It's like be less self aware. You like you really cannot be <laughs> an Islanders fan. Like, I, and I know and that's that, that's how I know it was like something that like was just like so mistimed and so misplaced is because all Islanders fans hated that video. Yeah. And so I knew I saw the clip on Twitter and I'm like, I have to watch this on stream. Like I physically have to do a viewing party because I can't 
not watch this with other people, just laugh about it. And that's what it was. Like, I'm glad you're having the girl on the podcast and stuff like that because I, I made it like very clear at the beginning of my stream. Like, I started the stream, I started the video, and, like people were starting to make fun of the girl. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not where we're going here. We're not bullying this girl. We're not making fun of her. No. We're laugh- yeah, we're laughing at the context of the video. And it is hilarious. Been, and and like so much so much passion and hatred yeah. towards John. And I just I want to know. Like I want to know what that feels like and like because it, to me it's kind of weird, right? Like this guy was on their team for forever for like first round pick, like unbelievable player. Sure. I get why you're mad, but like we need to talk this out. Like we need to, we need to get down to the nitty gritty and see, see what's really the underlying issue here, especially because Islanders are leading the Metro. So like, they, I feel like they shouldn't yeah. even be like that pissed about it. Um, and honestly, so like now, like with all said and done, like obviously recording this on the 28th, the day of the Isles Maple Leafs game is the Isles got the retribution. Like this is exactly what needed to happen mm-hmm. for the Islanders. Like this video comes out and it's almost like the worst billboard material of all time because that could have looked so bad. And the only way yes, this is what this is why this is why people hate the video. And this is why I had to make fun of it is because all they had to do was go into this game and win. They yeah. could just shut up. Like the the and I said this, I tweeted it's like, but like if they they didn't start the game by throwing shit at him and on the ice. I think it could have been one of the all-time like fan moments for Islanders fans. Oh you yeah, go into, you, you're in your old building. They were phenomenal from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Like I don't care about the asshole chance because that's just per the norm. I don't care about the you know the the you suck or we we don't need you chance because again that's per the norm. But the minute you throw shit in there, you immediately degrade yourself as a fan base, and it's one bad egg that probably ruins it for everybody. But that's just how the fans are going to look at you. Shout out to Philadelphia, like any Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. sports fan. Like, yeah, a few bad eggs ruin it for you, and then you're immediately labeled as a scumbag fan base. Yeah, so. I think they were perfect almost in the game. It's just a shame that they had to throw shit on the ice. But again, they kind of got the retribution because they the, the players had to do what they needed to on the ice. Because it, it came out, by the way, that the players saw the video and they hated it. They hated every second of the video. Oh, really? I forgot. Yeah, I reported that, they, that the players in the locker room, the video circulated through the locker room and they hated it because they just wanted to let their play on the ice do the talking. Yeah. And it, they did. They, they're kicking the shit out of him. As of now, it's five to one. So I mean, they, you get you can't get better revenge on John Tavares than kicking the dog shit out of him. While you're in first place in the Metro in your old building, that's all you needed to do. Which is why this video is just so mistimed and stupid. Yeah. It's like, I, and I, I know it's a joke video, but like you have to know something like that's going to catch on and go viral. Like they, it just yeah. physically has to. There, there were two things. Like when they threw stuff at him, I was hoping that Toronto was just going to fucking beat the wheels off the Islanders. Yeah. And then the second thing, I thought it would have been awesome. So I don't think Honors Lee's locked up yet. If right before the tribute video, like they're like, oh, on the big screen, like we just locked Honors Lee up to a seven year deal. Thank you, Captain, or something like that. Like that would have been an absolute power move, yeah. dude. Holy shit. I can't believe that they didn't do something like that. If I'm Honors Lee, I'm taking less money just to do something just like that. that. Yeah. Because you're going well, down in hockey history. They should have purposely had like technical difficulties during the. The tribute video, like just, I know they wouldn't because they're trying to, to re- regain any sort of classiness they have as an organization <laughs> as of now. But can you imagine if they like the 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 build the the jumble would have cut out or something during the video, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, technical difficulties. We'll put it on Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, John. <laughs> F- fuck off, John. But yeah, um, so yeah, that was our Rangers deadline show. Woj, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell tell the people listening your Twitter handle, everything I do. You're into Twitch. I don't really know what Twitch is. I think it's like a video game thing. I'm really bad at video games, but I love them. So like that's kind of like a weird thing. I play Red Dead Redemption and Shell. 
So that's kind of like my two games. I know like there's a Fortnite game out there, people dancing and stuff. Tell us, <laughs> tell us everything you got to go. Um, yeah, no, find me on Twitter at WoJGSN, also on Twitch, like you said. And honestly, the reason why I went to Twitch is a quick, like, sub-story, but, like, uh, just we just stopped doing the Rangers podcast just because it kind of got, like, monotonous, didn't really want to do it anymore. So, I, like, I knew I still wanted to do something, and, I like, I knew Twitch was always an option because I've watched Twitch forever now, and I knew there's different things. It doesn't have to just be a video game straight, straight, like thing. Like, the other night, I spent an hour and a half just watching that stupid Highlanders video <laughs> with people in Twitch, and, like, we were just making fun of them mercilessly. There's people in the chat room and stuff like that. So, it's really just a fun way for me to connect further with like Rangers Twitter beyond just being like, all right, what questions do you have for the podcast? All right, cool. We'll try to answer them. Yeah. And then again, like, as you probably know, like doing the podcast, like you get a lot of the same questions, a lot of yeah. the same answers where you guys are, you guys have the advantage because you guys are like open, like all hockey. So yeah. it's like, for us, it was just the Rangers. So you get the same monotonous. What are they going to do with Kevin Hayes? What are they going to do with Kevin Hayes? Something with Kevin like, Hayes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can still come to my question and ask me about Kevin Hayes, but at least like we can have back and forth dialogue about it because there's a chat room and like people can see me and I can like see it. So it's been more interactive. I've actually enjoyed doing Ranger stuff more with Twitch already than I have with Twitter. So yeah, or with Star yeah, with the podcast. But yeah, Woj GSN on both of those. If you want to follow, feel free to go ahead. Awesome, man. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely have to get you back on soon. Talk some rags. Uh, thanks yeah, again, sure. man. Uh, check him out, guys, and we will see you. I think we're going to record another episode Sunday with Hal. So, thanks again. Later. Yeah, yeah. And yo, Black, it's time. Word. Word is timing. It's time, man. Alright, begin. Yeah. Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap. Where fake niggas don't make it back. I don't know how to start this. Yo. Rappers, I monkey flipping with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition of pain. I'm like Scarface, sniffing cocaine, holding an M16. See, with the pen, I'm extreme. Now, bullet holes left in my peak holes. I'm suited up with street clothes. Hand me a nine and out the feet froze. Y'all know my steelo, with or without the airplay. I keep some E and J, sitting bent up in the stairway. I either on the corner, betting grants with the CeeLo champs. Laughing at base heads, trying to sell some broken amps. G packs get off quick forever. Niggas talk shit, reminiscing about the last time the task force flipped. Niggas be running through the block shooting. Time to start the revolution. Catch a body head for Houston. Once they caught us off guard, the Mac 10 was in the grass. And I ran like a cheetah with thoughts of an assassin. Picked the Mac up, told brothers back up. The Mac spit, lead was hitting niggas. One ran, I made a backflip. Heard a few chicks scream, my arms shook. Couldn't look, gave another squeeze. Heard it click, yo, my shit is stuck. Tried to cock it, it wouldn't shoot. Now I'm in danger. Finally, Pulled it back and saw three bullets caught up in the chamber So now I'm jetting to the building lobby And it was full of children probably couldn't see as high as I be It's like the game ain't the same Got younger niggas pulling the triggers Bringing fame to their name and claim some corners Crews without guns or corners In broad daylight, stick up kids, they run up on us Four fives and gauges, max and fat Same niggas that catch you back to back Snatching your cracks in black Yo, is a snitch on the block getting niggas knocked So hold your stats to the coke price I know this crackhead who says she gotta smoke nice rock And if it's good, you bring your customers and measurement plots But yo, you gotta slide on a vacation Inside information keeps large niggas erasing And they wild spacing It drops deep as it does in my breath I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death Beyond the walls of intelligence Life is defined, I think of crime When I'm in a New York state of mind State of mind I'm a gangster 
drinking Moet's holding text Making sure the cash came correct Then I stepped Investments and stock Sewing up the box to sell rocks Winning gunfights with mega cops But just a nigga Walking with his finger on the trigger Make enough figures until my pockets get